Hello and welcome to Real Talk with Terry and the team, our new podcast series brought to you by Terry Bell, chairman of debt strategist firm Bell & Company and foreign property debt specialist EU Property Solutions. Terry is known for his straight-talking and no-nonsense approach, so if you want real and current business talk, you've come to the right place. Good afternoon. Welcome to Belfast. Uh, today we're talking about statutory demands. So, Bell & Company, if you don't know us, we're debt strategists. That uh, basically sees us. We're not insolvency practitioners. We deem ourselves to be debt strategists. We get involved in dispute resolution, debt negotiation in whatever form, and any debt problem, and we determine a strategy, as the name suggests, but most importantly, we always implement it. And stat demands uh, here in Northern Ireland have been, been used a great deal, and they're going to be used, I believe, in a huge way in England, Wales, and Scotland, as and when the, uh, the shackles come off and coronavirus, uh, the, the Act there for 2020 uh, is released. So we're going, to, we're going to set off in a minute here, um, and we, we, when we talked about the, the holding this webinar, we discussed it with the solicitor, why would you do that now? Because they're not overly relevant, because it's very hard to enforce. But statutory demands, stat demands are still being issued, and they will be a huge instrument going forward in terms of actions that people will take to recover debt. So there we are, we're just after uh, two o'clock, so I'm going to kick off here. Again, Rishi can't be with us, that's why I'm here. Uh, no, that's it. Rishi uh, has set up the Coronavirus Act, and that's holding back in terms of what we can do. So we're speaking about them now because this is coming down the track. It's still going on. It's, uh, as we say in the, the slide there, it's a fairly rudimentary tool used to bash those in debt. When I say bash, it's not... Uh, it shows the, the, the crudeness almost of it. It's, it's something you can hit somebody with to make them react and do something. Within reason, if you start going into litigation, county court, something like, there's a, 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 a path that hasn't taken the structured way. This hits in between the eyes. You owe us this money. If you don't pay, we're in trouble. So Rishi and uh, the Conservative government, no political statement here, they have put in place the Coronavirus Act. And the main provision, we're not going to go too many legal details, so we're going to be talking about it. Plus, it's not necessarily our field. That's more for our, our legal friends, as and when stuff gets particularly hot and heavy in this field. The Coronavirus Act of 2020, to all intents and purposes, has frozen any litigation uh, that would, have, would not have occurred had the business not suffered because of coronavirus. So that, that's where you find landlords now frustrated that they can't act because if tenants shop looking at out, out, out the window here in uh, Donegal Square in Belfast, and a lot of the shops there aren't able to pay their rent because traders and traders are incredibly low. We all know what's happening in city centres. And that's served a purpose to a degree. Part of Rishi's plan to stretch out the recession, if you like, uh, that's going to work well, but he's got to release that at some point and it's going to be pretty, pretty ugly. That, in turn, is changing the landscape, as we say there, for those chasing, those chasing debt. So that's, a, that's a, a bit of a rambling introduction, but we'll go into the specifics now. So we're saying, why are we talking about statutory demands? Again, repeating myself, but the Coronavirus Act of 2020 puts any number of restrictions on what can and can't be done in terms of any court action. If a business is struggling purely because of coronavirus, 
uh, IA since about the middle of March, then it can afford some protection here and an action can't be taken against it. However, if a statute command was issued prior to that, that could still be entertained. But it, it still gives that environment on how uh, legals can be chased here. We still find it uh, statements are prevalent because people still do want their money. Not as, strong, not as strong as it used to be because it's very hard then to get the courts to fully engage because they're not even running notes by the moment. 30% capacity, say. In Northern Ireland, we're still frozen. In England, we're finding there's quite a few problems with the courts there. But they're still being issued. If not addressed properly, then uh, the recipient of that demand couldn't leave themselves exposed. A really tough area for people at the minute is if they're landlords. Landlords are finding that they're frustrated uh, in terms of collecting rent. If tenants are struggling, you can understand that, but it's also been used back on them. We know of two high-profile PLC companies, just literally 200 yards here in the prime retail area of Belfast, that won't pay their rent. Two, two household names, which we can't mention, because I get myself into trouble, but they're not, they're not willing to pay. So it's a, it's a very difficult time for uh, landlords here because they cannot enforce what they have to do. When it comes round, then they'll be looking at it. That said, other courses of action are now being looked at, and where a stat demand was quite a quick, ruthless approach, uh, not always 100%, Suddenly, county court summonses are looking more like a route that could be considered and or rich and or any other actions that needs to bring somebody to the table. So that's why we're talking about stat demands. And it's very quick. Stat demands very quick. It gets everyone to pay attention. From our perspective as debt strategists, it's quite good because it brings everything to a head. Everybody is serious. And then the other side is, if, if we're under threat from a, from a creditor, it's very important they understand if they do bankrupt or liquidate the company, they lose total character to that case. Somebody liquidator or trustee bankruptcy involved, and they in turn can't run that case, and they just lose the access to funds and everything else. So that's why we're talking about studies. A couple of basics, don't wish to patronise anybody, but just so we get the context of what we're going to be talking about. One of the main things we're talking about here is where we are at the moment. So a statutory margin of precursor to either bankruptcy or liquidation, it can be issued by anybody who thinks they're on £5,000, okay? That's very important. If you want, if you, we're very, there are quite a few malicious statutory margins do go around. If somebody says he promised me he was gonna pay that and, or she was gonna do this and pay that, and it's over £5,000, they can issue a statutory demand. It's a demand that if you don't pay it, we're gonna have it. That comes in a certain style of form, referred to as a 6-1. There are different ranges of forms for different types of debts, in liquidated debt, unliquidated, etc., etc. So when, when the stat demand's issued, and we've seen it on many instances, the first check that needs to be done is that it's, it's correct in terms of its application. It's cheap. Despite what your might say, sorry, my learned friends, it's cheap. You, you, they, 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 there's uh, some preparation, it has to be right, etc. but there's no court fee, it can be fired out, and it's relatively cheap in terms of what you're doing there. We're uh, having a couple of uh, skirmishes with a couple of peer to peer groups there, and they're firing county court summonses into court and paying 10,000 for the, for the privilege each time. This has our, our, like I say, our legal friends prepare this in the main, although it's not necessary always. So the cheapness is there. It might, we also, if we were involved in the statute of being served, we unfortunately had to do ourselves uh, uh, a few times, you've got to make sure it's served correctly. You need a server. You need somebody who goes there 
hands the thing over or tries to hand it over, it's avoided, they record everything, they give you an affidavit, uh, Bill, Cheryl, whoever it is, ran off every time I get went near them. So then you can do what's deemed to be substituted service, and then that will be accepted by the court as service. You need to register that service. Quite a few organisations and uh, debt chasers use the post. That's a bit shaky. We wouldn't do that. We wouldn't advise that. It's an official document. Serving correctly also makes sure, like we said earlier, everybody sits up and pays attention. From there, you have 18 to 21 days. We won't go into the detail there. There's a, there's a bit of an anomaly. But, but essentially, work on 18 days. You've either got to satisfy it, come to an arrangement to settle it, or then the next step from there will be uh, bankruptcy and or liquidation. So that's a very quick run through of what statutory demands are. This is pretty obvious, should you ignore a statutory demand? It may seem stupid, but many do, which is uh, a very dangerous course of action. Not every stat demand by any stretch of the imagination is seen through to its conclusion in terms of bankruptcy or liquidation, but it's going past our 1821 uh, day window there that we talked on the last uh, slide. Is it's very your exposure as soon as you go past it on day 22, 23, or whenever you get your report back from the server, you are ready, if need be, to liquidate or bankrupt a personal company. The obvious answer is no, obviously, you, you, whatever you do, at least you need some dialogue at least, even if you're liable for it. Ignoring it only hacks them off, uh, weakens your position, and you, you lose a fair bit of credibility. Then obviously there'll be some sort of element of credibility issue anyway, in that you come to this, but talking is the way forward. That said, you've got to be very careful that you don't compromise yourself in any way. And it's that you, you do need advice, you know, in most instances, legal advice, just to know where you do stand. And do not rely on the internet for judgment. Right? It's a bit like trying to get medical opinion on the, on the, you know, if you, you think you have a condition. There's any number of barroom words, any man, excuse my French, crap out there that can push you down the wrong way. Any number of defences are available, and usually there'll be weaknesses in, a, in, a, in an application of stat demand, but it's relatively, most solicitors and barristers will pick someone up and find something in there that could give you uh, the basis for an application to set aside because that's what you're trying to do before. If, if you're going to write, see that sometimes a solicitor or a will find something, or a barrister will find something that says, you can object to this, you need to apply to set aside because of this point. And then that gives you that window to work in. Again, that application set aside is going to be set up in 18 to 21 days. And once the defence is served, the dialogue can continue. You can't just leave it open-ended. There's a question at the end here, which I, I, I'll try not to preempt, but they said, if I'm in dialogue, we're okay, aren't we? No. Stat demand's there. They may say everything's cool, but day 22 onwards, you start to lose your ability to uh, issue uh, an application to set aside. You can do it, but you, you put yourself at risk there. The process now is pretty uh, pretty stodgy because we got the COVID. We got courts are courts are struggling. Courts are struggling on a couple of accounts, getting judges, masters, etc., to attend, getting court uh, officials to attend, getting the backroom office working. All of these are causing a lot of frustration and a, a massive backlog. Massive backlog. We know of a case in Northampton there where it took them, the bulk centre, which is usually pretty efficient, took 22 days to pay uh, a court fee. 
because of the backlogs huge. Yesterday I was talking to a barrister in London and he was telling us that he sees a huge backlog and has serious concerns about the ability to the courts to deal with things going forward. That in turn has ramifications. That's why we're talking about this. Don't ignore the stat demand, but be ready to use the system with this dodgy uh, approach from here on in. So don't ignore a stat demand, always take it on. Defending a stat demand, okay? So if you have justifiable reason or contention or uh, you contest the amount, the claim, anything else, you need to make an application set aside. At that point, that will then be, give, that will then be become a court event. You will get a case number, there isn't one of the stat demand, and suddenly you're into legals. You're making an application to the court to say, see this stat demand, whatever it is, it's rubbish, uh, uh, it, uh, we don't agree with it, dunny, dunny, dark, but you've got to put that into court. That starts the legal process. So there are various forms which need to match the form that was issued in terms of the claim and the type of claim by the creditor. So any number of ST forms there. The timetables are strict. Do not miss timetables. Do not ignore the thing. Do not say, I'll look at that the week after the next and all this sort of carry. It needs to be attacked. The, 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 the defence prepared, ready. Make sure you've got as much information as you can to support it so you're looking to get it struck straight out if you can. Speak to your solicitor because each and every case is different. Sometimes I, uh, you'll get a stat demand. We'll call it a flyer. Somebody thinks, I'll get these guys a rattle, I'll issue a stat demand, see what they do. Because it costs little. What they're trying to do is induce some response and so it gets to some dialogue. But it's very, very important that you don't miss these timetables, the timescales, sorry, and that 18 days is very important. Correct representation is absolutely essential. By that, I'm talking about ensuring you get advice from uh, likes of us, would say that, or a solicitor who specialises in this field. It's no good yeah, talking to a solicitor, say, at the golf club, who specialises in matrimonial and by a way of favour because you put a pie and he'll do something here. You, get, you, know, you, you, don't, you don't go to uh, a GP to have a heart operation. You, know, I, I, you don't go get a mini service guy to service a Rolls Royce. Get the right representation. Then what we're finding is once the defence are put in, you're into this, I keep calling it, stodgy court process. And what we're finding is courts here in Northern and in England setting dates to give the date for the next hearing. So it's not even, it's not even say we've got a number of cases in, in, uh, in Northampton there. Whatever's happened on the 9th of November, it's going to be very busy, but that's when they're going to start giving dates again. One important thing, and the important thing from our angle with statutory demands is that defence enables ongoing negotiations. Obviously, massively without prejudice, but it gives us that opportunity to get it out of use. You just that, that statement. That's, that's a legal thing going on in the background. So, for instance, you say we owe you two hundred thousand pounds, right? Okay. Completely without prejudice, we have got to. We don't. We you know, there's different. That's a different thing. Dealing with the application to set aside, we don't have two hundred thousand pounds. We don't have hundred thousand pounds. We have fifty thousand pounds. So do within reason what you like, and it sets the precursor. You've got the the, the defence in every sense with the with the application set aside giving you the open opportunity to be relatively honest and say, look, relatively honest, something like that, you need, you need the ability to talk openly. 
get your case across. You, of course, you, and very often when you, when the creditor finds out that if they do follow this through and bankrupt you, they're they going to get absolutely nothing. But more importantly, if they go to liquidation, they get nothing or very little in most likely three years' time. Here we are at the moment. That's why stat demands get everybody's attention, and that's why you have to defend a stat demand. It gives the opportunity to talk. Next point we're going to come on to, which is a small advert. This is, if you, if you can't sleep at night, this book is for you, right? This is, it covers every facet that we come across in SME debt problems. Uh, it's written in a style that's quite light. Uh, we'd have a thing of a, a glossary of terms, so it's the, almost like the gallows humour we use here. We're not trying to fill people with dread or anything like that. It's not the end of the world. But, and it's a slightly different take on things. It goes through some of the specifics. There is a section in there on statutory demands, but it's more the, the, whole, the whole approach to SME debt problems. And obviously the business pandemic. We've written this book, there are physical copies coming, what we are doing, even if you don't want it, you're gonna get an e-version of this when we get that, that tightened up. If you do want a physical version and you can't sleep, like I say, you're very welcome to take it. Take it for what it is. It's not too heavy a reader, it's 60, 70 pages, something like that. And to say, we've got the glossary terms. If you're a, um, a gentle persuasion, I'd suggest you don't look at the glossary terms. So that's what we advert. Continue our work on the uh, statutory demands here. So, as we said, setting aside uh, a statutory demand is a court process, is a court application. You will be assigned a, a, a court number. You will then be in the cycle of a hearing at some point when a judge or master will sit down and consider your application in respect of your application to have the stat demand was issued set aside. Um, then you go into the grey area of liquidated and unliquidated debts. Liquidated debts are a specific debt that is claimed. You bought 20,000 bricks uh, versus an unliquidated debt was and under our personal guarantee you may owe, we reckon, about 100,000. So that's very important to make sure you get those points across. Unliquidated debts, as, by, as I've described them there, not very well, are quite vague and it could be construed on all this sort of character. So it's, it's, it's a fairly open-ended claim. If you lose your application set aside, you will incur the other side's costs. You've got your costs and you'll incur the other side's costs. Sometimes in the scheme of things, that can be a, a minuscule compared to what's owed, but it's, that, that's what does happen. Then you're open again to the bankruptcy petition and or liquidation from there. The costs can shouldn't be too heavy on this as long as you're not getting any number of adjournments and it's not a massive contentious case and everything else. It's relative, very, very much so. But it also gives that opportunity to talk. And as we said, if you start looking at the darkness of bankruptcy, they, they sometimes they end up with very little, if anything, out of it, and they lose complete carriage of the ability to chase. Again, sounding like a broken record, but deadlines are absolutely vital. Do not miss a deadline. Do not miss a deadline if the solicitor says that needs to be here today because we've got to prepare it for Tuesday, etc. It's very, very important you stick rigidly to those because you've got to protect yourself here. So that's the legal process of uh, setting aside an application. Uh, sorry, an application to set aside a judgment. So in terms of uh, where we are at the moment, we are experiencing frustration across the board, obviously, because this is a debt process, but if the 
anybody has the ability, for want of a better word, to abuse the court process here, this is the time. We had a case the other day which we hoped was coming to a conclusion, but then the judge decided that the case was uh, a little bit longer than he wanted uh, to look at, and he was very busy man. Right? Yeah, so but hey, he called it. So, we, so it's a, and then that can that works both ways. Then you've got, as we said, there the frustration and pent up demand for creditors. So on that basis, we're particularly talking about landlords uh, who can't do anything. There, there are people out there who generally are going to struggle and or unfortunately possibly will fail. And when we see the sort of types of business that business models that go up the left, the predominantes and everything else in the world. That it's, it's amazing what, what will happen here in terms of uh, next year, we think. So that pent-up frustration then will manifest itself in, in uh, irate creditors who could be fairly ruthless. They will have their own pressures to bear if they have bank finance supporting a, an office building that's empty, but they've got 12 leases. So it's going to be a little bit doggy dog The other side here is quite a few of the debtors, those owe the money, are uh, taking the mickey. They're learning bad ways. They're learning to not people. They're, uh, and yes, business is tough, I get that. But it's, a, it's Rishi, I keep blaming Rishi. Rishi's given them the ability to not pay the rent. Going back to our two friends up the road there, they're, they're definitely using abusing it here. And uh, all they're going to do is get a bit of cash flow, pay a bit of interest, most likely a couple of legal fees, and catch themselves off. But it's it's teaching self patronising. It's not they are people. People get into a mood and a mode where they get used to having a few more quid in the bank rather than to pay the rent up. Definitely the case. So in that that takes a bit of break in quarter two in twenty twenty one. Our learning friend friends, sorry, are advised and they see Rishi running this till the end of the year and all likelihood for the first quarter of next year. He cannot keep bashing the landlords, the, the people who owe money and trapping them because it's going to bring even more businesses into, into trouble here. So I was, uh, I've been uh, challenged to sing the next line as, uh, as in Frozen, but I won't. What, is, what, what, what will happen here? Rishi will let go at some point and then it will be carnage, absolute carnage. As we said, their creditors' attitudes are hard. We're seeing that. We're seeing. But it's how those uh, attitudes and expectations are managed by, say, the likes of us or your legal team. It's still going to be cash is going to be king. As my senior partner used to say, cash is the eighth wonder. Cash flow is the eighth wonder of the world. So, but they are hardening. They will get tougher. They're under their own pressures, but. The, uh, it's making sure we can uh, appease them if you are, and show it's the best option. Court capacity is going to be a disaster. Uh, the courts were fairly full, fairly full as it was. Here in Northern Ireland, they're going to be shut for the best part of nine months. In the UK, things are getting processed, but it's very, very slow. And if uh, not be it. so here in uh, Northern Ireland, we go into uh, a Morris lockdown this evening, uh, six o'clock, pubs and everything closes, uh, and that's the lockdown, but in terms of what we're allowed to do and not do. So we're obviously in, the, in England and Wales and Scotland, we're all going to that place. That will then eventually come round, obviously, hopefully, touch wood. Then we move into the next wave, whatever, whatever that is, whether it be March, whatever. We're going to be living with this, unfortunately, 
this uh, virus for a while. As long as they were all okay, that, that's going uh, to be a gimmick. But the court capacity, I don't think, issue will be resolved until they get a long run at it. And uh, I'd be slightly disparaging here, not necessarily the most efficient organisations in the world sometimes. It's huge backlogs going to cause a problem, but it's the, you see, we're, we're, we're commenting on it. It is a comment, and if anyone disagrees, permanently, please do send me an email. But it's our perception of where we are at the minute. So that's the court capacity issue. Statute of demands now, right? It is a blunt instrument. We said that at the beginning. It is a, it is a, a sometimes it's a sledgehammer to crack a nut, but boy, does everybody pay attention. A man looking up at your drive to serve you with a stat demand will make you sit up. They will come at the most inopportune times when family are around or whatever, and it's very, very upsetting. But it's for effect partly, but also to make sure that, like we said earlier, courts are only setting dates to give hearing dates. We're not even getting for that far away with it. Anything contentious is continually adjourned. So if you have a, um, say, a four-page uh, application to have a stat demand set aside and there are contentions in the first page, our experience is that they're dealing with them on the contentious points one at a time. Go away, find out what that's about. Back whenever they eventually deem it's, it's suitable for you to come back in, and then you go again. What then you get this, and it's, it's quite easy to to defend it and knock it around a bit and everything else. So contentions we're finding are just adjourned. It's it's, it's, a, it's the courts and the judges way of just keeping the debt relatively good. We're not going to sit here forever. I don't want to you know they they, they, they put the, they don't want their courts cluttered. Go and sort it out, guys. Please don't keep going back. That will be the message ultimately. We've been involved in a few things where there have been Zoom meetings and court hearings. Nowhere near effect. Nowhere near as effective as the court environment. It's, uh, it's it's quite hard to gauge people. It's quite hard to judge the judge, excuse me. But they're not as effective. It's not about it. I, th- I find it the same anyway. Uh, I'm sure most people there are people. Person Zoom meetings have a place, but you know, ending a meeting like that, hi guys, here, little that carry on. They're not as effective especially as something as important as a statute of demand and potentially the application to have it set aside. All of this is kicking this just down the road. You know, and it's, it's, it's again, it, we're only commenting on that because that's the backdrop we're working to. One thing that has become noticeable is that if there was that demand issued at the beginning of uh, COVID and lockdown, first lockdown, March lockdown, and they were relevant to uh, issues prior to COVID, they are deemed to still be live. There used to be something about uh, the life of that demand, uh, and um, yeah, typically four months would be the life. And why wasn't it followed through? You know, judges, of course, take a bit of a view. If you threw that out, you didn't really do anything about it. And then you come back six six months later, no, off you go again. At the moment, statutory demands are staying live, and the courts are saying, right, you've had all this time, you haven't engaged. When the courts do open, I think it's really, really waiting for a lot of people thinking stat demand's going away, and suddenly the bankruptcy petitions are going to start landing in. So uh, they stay live. So that's our, that's our, our view of where statutory demands are at the moment. We say we're dealing with these regularly. And another thing that's becoming more prevalent is that statutory demands are nearly move, starting to move aside from county court summonses. County court summons is full on court action. Court number is given from the outset when they issue a county court summons and or a, uh, the, the same for the legal actions here in Northern Ireland. They've just forgotten me, uh, it's been, uh, gone from me. Um, but 
what it does, it gets the thing going and there is a set system. The issuance of a stack demand and or its application and application to be set aside is nearly a bit of an art form. Counterscript summonses are a route that is defined. You have to come up with proof and evidence, and usually they're prepared by solicitors in full. Suddenly, county court summonses, although a protracted route and costlier, they're looking a little bit more, more attractive to some people. Uh, and at least you're in the system, at least you've got it going. If you get your judgment, you can then possibly move on to either go for the bankruptcy, liquidation, and or start going for orders charging land and the like. And that's pretty, pretty, pretty strong. Still a slow process, again, with the, with the, uh, the courts as the way they are at the minute, it's not fast. Costs on the counterfeit sums are pretty, pretty savage, just the court fees. So again, we're doing quite a bit of work with some of the peer-to-peer groups and what they're doing is just firing out uh, counterfeit sums. So the likes of, say, funding circle on a loan of 150,000, that's a 10 grand fee typically, just for the court. And they're, they're flying out the door at the minute. So it's not cheap. As we said earlier, stat demands are relatively cheap. A statute demand should be quicker. It should get everyone talking. It should work to lever people to where they need to be and come up and deal with the matter in front in front of them. However, because of the court process, because of the, the change in the dynamic, we were talking about anything contentious can get thrown out, anything looks a bit awkward gets gets delayed. It's it's not at the moment. It should be quicker. Um, Council court judgments, if secured, can be securitized against the debt. This is the order charging land. If you can get that judgment very, very quickly, you can get in there and get an order charging land. Uh, and then that securitizes your debt. So we've got clients who uh, have any number of these, and the, the ability then to negotiate in that position is very, very difficult. Very difficult. And if it comes to it, ultimately, they can make you sell, if it is your home, they put the charge on, they can make you sell it home ultimately. But, you know, you can be a long way from there. But it's, again, it's a, it's a it's change around. Counterfeit sums are too expensive, a bit slow, daddy, daddy, da. Now they're coming around and they're saying, hang on a minute, let's get into the process here and let it go, let it go through. So a statutory mind there is to see if the creditor is also paying attention. By that we mean if somebody's a bit slack and they don't get the dates right or they don't really care or anything, that demand can be issued, served properly, yeah, 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 whatever, put that over there. If it gets ignored, then they can really put the thumb screws on and look at the bankruptcy petition and or liquidation. So very often they're used just to test people aren't paying attention. So that, that's just a little bit of our perception, again, of statutory demands and counter-court summonses. Fairly rattled through it, because I know everybody, especially here in Northern Ireland, the pub shut at six, so they all want to be out there for four o'clock at the latest. Beer's on, on sale at the minute for two quid a pint across the town. So, uh, so we fairly rattled through it. We did have three questions, which hopefully work and give a bit more context in terms of where we are here. So the first question there is, I received a stash demand and started talking to my creditor. Does that goodwill on my part ensure I will not be made bankrupt? No because the statutory demand is running from day one. Until you either come to that and going back to that, you've got your 18 days to either settle it, come to an arrangement, or have it set aside. Do not let the 18-day pass. If you're still talking on day 17, and it needs to be in a certain way, uh, so you don't sort of basically incriminate yourself in any way, make sure you get some sort of defence in it if it's right appropriate and you think you can. 
can I still negotiate after being surplus tax demand? Again, I would only say if you're in a position to put some sort of objection in and apply for that application to set aside, by all means. That's what we, we do quite a bit of. We have very good solicitors here. We've got good counsel in England and we look at what's submitted. If there's the opportunity to make an application set aside, then we will do, and then we continue the negotiation, or and or somebody else can do that if they want. Make sure you get it right, though. You've got to be very, very careful in terms of your ongoing negotiations. You don't uh, compromise your solicitor, undermine what they're doing, undermine what you're advised, such as how come you're doing by chatting away. Well, I'll give it one day, don't worry about it, I'll pay you a little back, yeah, I owe you a little, yeah. I think very quickly, a lot, a, lot, a lot more goes on than that you would know. So this last question we had in was, I lost my application set aside my statutory mark issued by a trade creditor. Can I still avoid bankruptcy? Okay. So in this one, I'm going to make a couple of assumptions. I assume it's a supply, say, I don't know, building materials, and you've lost it. You try to contest it. What you've got to be careful here is, A, obviously, you've got the costs uh, associated with uh, that application that you lost for yours and the other sides. Also, then you're going to have a, a credit to potentially a little bit irate. They do get a bit stroppy, or you do have the money, so that's, that, that's possibly why. And so they're, they're going back to the comment I made earlier, their attitudes can harbour. Now, in terms of avoiding bankruptcy, uh, I'm sure there's an appeal process where you can put another application. That's, that's for our legal friends. But you can negotiate as much as you like right the way to the end right up to if a bankruptcy petition is issued uh, for a month's time, you can negotiate up to that day, you can negotiate possibly after, but that's a different thing. Be very careful. If you get a bankruptcy petition, suddenly that goes into the legal legal system. Um, banks, uh, finance companies, uh, solicitors have to do bankruptcy searches on things. You are in the window, if it were, of being made bankrupt, and that changes your position position completely so be very careful there so it's not just a case of negotiating right up to when the petition is going to be heard it's that gap between the stat demand and you losing it versus uh, them issuing the petition after there after the petition date when it's issued sorry that can cause you problems in terms of finances and legals so be very careful there you're very welcome to today. Hopefully, uh, we'll, 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 chat, we'll chat soon. And everybody, you know, I know it's a very on-pitch message, but everybody stay safe and good luck and goodbye. Thank you for your time. Bye. You've been listening to Real Talk with Terry and the team. If you'd like to hear more, don't forget to hit that subscribe button and stay updated with our latest episodes.